This is Industry Matters, powered by BGM, a post-acute healthcare podcast about community, connections, and belonging. BGM is a member service organization serving durable and home medical equipment providers and manufacturers. BGM also has communities for respiratory, complex rehab, women's health mastectomy, home accessibility, and orthotics and prosthetics. With BGM, you're part of something bigger. Welcome to Industry Matters. In today's episode, Alan Morris, Director of Research and Strategy for VGM Government Relations, speaks with Brian Lighton from Lighton Consulting and John Gallagher, VP of VGM Government Relations, about a new study. OIG recommends high-risk, low-reward strategy on intermittent catheters. The study looks at concerns and costs associated with reducing access to urinary catheters and much more. Hello, DME industry, and welcome to Industry Matters. I'm Alan Morris, Director of Research and Strategy at VGM. I've been with VGM for a little under six months now, uh, though been a regulatory and business strategy consultant of sorts in the healthcare industry for more than 15 years, including nearly eight years previously with VGM. So excited to be back. I'm here uh, with Brian Lighton of Lighton Consulting and John Gallagher of VGM. Today, the three of us are going to discuss a recent recommendation by OIG that CMS significantly reduce the payment rates for intermittent catheters. But before we get into that discussion, Brian, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and give some background on your relationship with VGM, including recent study you conducted for us. Happy to, Alan. Thank you. Uh, my name is Brian Lighton. I'm the uh, principal of Lighton Consulting, a group that focuses on healthcare and business innovation consulting. Uh, over the past decade, I've completed a number of studies on behalf of VGM in the industry on Medicare spending and the impact of competitive bidding on that spending. And what we found is that over the years, CMS and OIG have consistently focused on cutting the cost of DME equipment provided to Medicare beneficiaries and have essentially failed to take into account the impact that reducing equipment provided to beneficiaries has on treatment costs. And in each of the studies we've done in the past decade, and I think we've done five now, we found that treatment costs soar in greater magnitude than the reductions that might be achieved in uh, in reducing DME costs through competitive bidding. There's an inverse relationship. When you take DME that's needed away from beneficiaries, treatment costs go up dramatically with orders of magnitude in the range of, say, 25 to 70 times the cost it would have taken to provide the DME. Thanks, Brian. Look forward to getting further into that uh, conversation as we go forward. And John, you're also a familiar voice to most of our audience here, but why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for some of the newer listeners? You bet. And it's great to have you back on board, Alan. Um, I am John Gallagher, Vice President of Government Relations, and have been a tandem with Mark Higley for these many 20 years or so, uh, where he's been on the regulatory side and I've been on the legislative side. Have been very happy with our relationship with the, the Lighten Group, in particular with Brian, uh, for these many years. I believe we've done at least five studies, Brian. Uh, and what's always been nice is uh, when I'm on the hill and I'm u- utilizing data from our studies, 
I've never had anybody ever question it because Brian has always documented his studies so quite uh, uh, extensively. So we appreciate that. With that, I give it back to you, Al. All right. Thanks, John. Maybe, uh, maybe just to get started here, I'll give a little bit of background on, I guess, the, the why behind why we're having this conversation. Uh, in August of 2022, OIG released a report titled Reducing Medicare's Payment Rates for Intermittent Urinary Catheters Can Save the Program and Beneficiaries Millions of Dollars Each Year. So, as suggested in the title, OIG believes that, uh, that CMS has significant opportunity for savings by implementing a strategy to reduce payment rates for intermittent urinary catheters. Uh, OIG recommends that CMS uses one of two levers that uh, was seemingly no bias towards either. Um, they mentioned in the study a uh, competitive bidding program. It's a program that VGM, its members, and our partners are all too familiar with. And then it also mentions inherent reasonableness, which is uh, another price adjustment authority uh, that CMS holds in its back, back pocket and, uh, and rarely uses, in fact, hasn't used for quite some time. So at the time of this recording, CMS hasn't yet acted on or even acknowledged that they agree with OIG's assessment of catheter payments, so no action is imminent. Though preparing for potential and, uh, and potentially likely future CMS action by disseminating the study now uh, certainly makes sense. So uh, hence the conversation we're having today. We will link the uh, OIG study along with Brian's commentary uh, on the government relations portion of the VGM website. Uh, but what you'll see in the report is that OIG sampled roughly six or sampled exactly 600 claims across three HICPIC codes for straight tip, curved tip, and sterile kit catheters. Uh, they used input from DME suppliers and CMS. They determined that their belief is that Medicare pay payments are about three and a half times the acquisition cost of catheters, a number they deem excessive. So uh, the current Medicare spend on these catheters is just north of $400 million. OIG is under the belief that the number could be cut nearly in half um, through use of one of the two previously mentioned levers, competitive bidding or inherent reasonableness. They estimate the savings, and uh, you can't see me, but I'm doing air quotes here to, to use the term savings a bit sarcastically um, for reasons that I'll let Brian uh, expand on, but they estimate savings at $198 million to the Medicare program. So. In Brian's study, he speaks to the concerns about costs, and, and as he alluded to in the introduction, he, he speaks to concerns about the costs associated with reducing access to urinary catheters. Uh, OIG, in, in their study, acknowledges that urinary retention, the medical condition treated with intermittent catheteriz catheterization, uh, leads to urinary tract infections and potential kidney damage if not treated properly. So significant ramifications for reducing access um, to, to these catheters. So Brian, maybe can you speak to how you uh, incorporated cost, uh, the, the full cost um, of those downstream ramifications into your study? Certainly. Uh, it was a good summary. And uh, I think the one thing I would add and we'll give CMS and OIG the benefit of the doubt on this one is that $198 million that was in the projected savings bucket 
included some portion of profit for the the DME providers. The, uh, the the savings number was a combination of potential savings plus some profit level to the providers. So the actual savings is going to be le- even less than that $198 million potential. Yeah, great point. Thanks, Brian. And OIG issued this report in part based on CMS's failure to act to a recommendation made by the uh, Medical Payment Advisory Committee, Med- MedPAC, back in 2018, where they recommended that CMS take steps to reduce payments for uh, intermittent catheters. And I think there's some frustration on at, at OIG that CMS has failed to respond. But as we'll talk about during this uh, this discussion, there's some good reasons why CMS may not have responded to this point and may not respond in the future. The, uh, <clears throat> the important aspect of analyzing Medicare spending is to look at the balance between the amount of money that Medicare is going to spend to provide DME and the potential negative impacts that reducing that spending might lead to. We've found in the past, and I think it's been true since the beginning of competitive bidding, that when severe price reductions are put into place for whatever reason, one of the most important things that happen is that there's a decrease in access to needed DME by beneficiaries. Studies have shown that somewhere in the 10 to 11% range of uh, beneficiaries lose access to DME when prices are, are managed by competitive bidding. And when access is lost, there are significant consequences. Intermittent catheters exist to address two specific issues. One is acute urinary problems, and the other is chronic urinary problems. We don't have a, an, a complete breakdown on which category these catheters that are provided fall into. There is a significant percentage of beneficiaries who have chronic medical issues that require the use of catheters for significant periods of time, possibly for their entire lifetime. When either chronic or acute medical conditions arise from failure to have availability of needed catheters, Medicare treatment costs go up dramatically. The cost to treat the problems that arise is difficult to quantify, but looking at past studies and other categories of durable medical equipment that were impacted by price reductions from competitive bidding, we can consistently see that the order of magnitude of the treatment costs is somewhere between 26 and 66 times the cost of providing the durable medical equipment. So the immediate conclusion is why would one take a risk to save under $200 million when the potential treatment costs could go up in the neighborhood of $1 billion? That billion dollars is determined by looking at the historical ratio of DME costs versus treatment costs, 
And then considering the estimate that somewhere in the neighborhood of 11% of beneficiaries will lose access to that equipment. Those beneficiaries' treatment costs will likely exceed $1 billion. And that is just the cost of losing access. Historically, when, when CMS has used competitive bidding to attempt to lower costs, one of the things that we have seen is a degradation of product quality. In this case, it's going to be difficult to predict what that impact will be numerically. But one must remember that catheters that are provided have substantial and important additional features that can be added to them. Hydrophilic coatings that make it easier to insert and remove the catheters and tips and sleeves that make it easier to manage that insertion and removal process and cut down on the potential for a bacterial infection, urinary tract infection. If prices are lowered, it's likely that features will be removed in an attempt to meet the demands of the beneficiaries while still maintaining some profit level at the provider level. So it's likely that there's going to be some unquantifiable number, but it's going to increase the risk beyond that billion dollars that we see from access. Thanks, Brian. Those are those are all great points, and I appreciate you outlining that uh, for the audience here. I, I think while the billion dollars is certainly a, uh, a tangible number that ties back to, to things that you've seen in the past, the fact that the real number is likely something uh, materially north of that billion dollars, even if it's difficult to quantify, is a reality. Um, the The quality of the product has to go down to to meet the 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 price that OIG is suggesting. So, appreciate you laying that out there. Um, VGM members are certainly familiar with the fundamentals and pitfalls associated with competitive bidding. Um, OIG recommends uh, as an alternative to competitive bidding inherent reasonableness as a vehicle for price reduction. Uh, which in the study, those of you will, that, that see it will, will see that Brian acknowledges that inherent reasonableness is risky. Brian, would you mind expanding on what, uh, what you see as risky? Uh, is this the, the same risks associated with price reduction through competitive bidding, or, or do you see it as a, a different kind of risk? Certainly the, the uh, risks associated with competitive bidding are inherent in in the uh, the use of this tool, it's a tool that that has statutory provisions making it available to CMS to use. I have several concerns, having studied the history of it. First, it's only been used twice: once over twenty years ago in an attempt to regulate continuous glucose monitors for home use. Uh, those monitors were at a very early stage of development. Prices were high. In fact, only only today in the last couple of years are we seeing the uh, the rollout of continuous glucose monitors uh, in any significant fashion, and it's still very early stage. So they used that tool in an attempt to regulate something that was not easily regulatable. The second attempt was in the same time frame and was stopped by Congress who said, no, we don't want you to use this tool to try and control costs. So CMS basically finds itself in a, in a position where they can either use competitive bidding, which 
I think we'll all start to acknowledge that it's reached its its end end game. The use of competitive bidding is not effective to further reduce prices. CMS has failed or struggled severely in the last two or three rounds of competitive bidding. In fact, in the last round, it was limited only to two items, to uh, bracing equipment. And the industry has recognized that it's now failing to work as an effective tool to manage prices. Uh, inherent reasonableness is a fairly arbitrary uh, tool. If CMS concludes that they can reduce prices by a significant number, i.e. 15% or greater, then they could attempt to use the tool. But it's unlikely. The data that supports the use of inherent reasonableness is very old. It's aged. It's not relevant in today's marketplace. That data is, is a significant concern since critical beneficiary decisions are being made on the data, and it's simply not reliable. All right. Thanks, Brian. The, it's, I guess, in my opinion, it's a curious fact that while OIG seems to strongly believe that catheters are grossly overpaid by Medicare um, and the fact that CMS has spent the past whatever, 10 or 15 years using the competitive bidding program to attack payment rates for nearly all major DME categories, CMS has continued to ignore OIG's recommendation to include catheters in the competitive bidding program. So um, OIG seems intent that it's overpaid. CMS has attacked everything they think is overpaid for an extended period of time now. Uh, do you think it's reasonable to assume that uh, CMS believes the bidding program would do more harm than good in this case, or do you get the sense that maybe there's another reason CMS has uh, continued to ignore OIG's recommendation, at least up until this point? If we're allowed to speculate for a moment, I would guess that CMS is increasingly frustrated with the lack of effective tools to accomplish uh, future price reductions. We we're confident, we know that that competitive bidding is reaching its end as an effective tool. And with only one use in over 20 years and one failure, I'm guessing that even CMS isn't confident that the procedure would, would be to pursue inherent reasonableness and get something through Congress, that that's just not worth the energy. Great, thanks. Well, I know it's speculation, and uh, and I, I know that we don't know the answer, but certainly hope hope you're right, and that CMS feels like they've run out of tools that are effective and and even moderately efficient. So, Alan, I guess the other thing I can add here is that uh, when we think about actions that CMS might decide to take, the time frame is not going to be immediate by going the competitive bidding route or by going the inherent reasonableness route. There are a number of hurdles and milestones that need to be achieved before they can use those tools. And I wouldn't expect anything concrete to be implemented before the 2025, 2026 timeframe at the very earliest, given the, the complicated nature of the processes that are required to pursue either of those paths. 
Perfect. And that, that was kind of going to be my next question. So, so you led right into it. I think the only thing that I would add to that, and, and I appreciate your, uh, your laying out there, that out there for the audience. Uh, the only thing that I would add to that is that if, uh, if either of these possibilities, whether it be competitive bidding or inherent reasonableness do end up being a route that, that CMS chooses, should they choose to pursue this, uh, Either one of them would have to go through the standard rulemaking process, which would put us and, and other industry stakeholders, whether it be VGM's members or uh, vendor partners, um, would have the opportunity to, to submit comments through a comment period. So VGM will certainly keep an eye on this. Uh, we'll, we'll notify the audience if, if or, or when you know, we hear of anything new, and, uh, and certainly we'll be a part of that uh, comment period. So appreciate that, Brian. A um, few other things I'd like your thoughts on. Um, in reading your uh, in reading your study, I have some thought, I have the idea that you certainly have some thoughts on the data collection and extrapolation process that OIG used. Is, is there anything you'd like to, to speak to on that point? I think the, the key point, and, and this has some historical precedent is that the data that the federal government uses to justify cost management in, in the durable medical segment and, and likely in other segments as well has never been up to date over the course of the decade that we've con or we've conducted these studies on competitive bidding. We've consistently found that the government and particularly CMS, has not sought out the best and the most current data to use. The data's been available, and actually we've used it and included it in all our reports. Uh, so they're making decisions based on data that's not relevant to the current market that they're trying to address. And I think that's maybe one of the fundamental problems that has cause these programs not to succeed in the manner that they had predicted when they started them. Yeah, great point. Maybe uh, specifically and to that point, how about the use of home health industry data uh, to project non-goods related costs um, associated with urinary catheters um, in, in this particular study? Any thoughts on that? In this study, they used home health data and a, another study to approximate the additional costs above and beyond the cost of acquiring the equipment that, that DME suppliers would face. If you just look at how much it costs a DME supplier to buy a catheter, you're not taking into account all the other elements in that are required to deliver the product to the beneficiary to make sure that the beneficiary is receiving the right product and to provide a full level of service. The, the problem is that as soon as they quoted the study, they said it's probably faulty because it was provided by the industry and therefore it's, it's biased in favor of, of the industry. Now, inherently what they're telling us is that they're making this decision, this recommendation to CMS on data that they don't even believe in. I, I don't question the, the data in the study. And I think it's reasonable and maybe the best data around to, uh, to determine what those incremental 
non-acquisition costs are. However, OIG doesn't trust it because it comes from the industry, which I think is indicative of a, of a, a bigger problem, and that is the, uh, the lack of trust between the agency and, and the industry. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great point, Brian. Um, I guess maybe to, to wrap up, is there anything else that you'd like to add about the study or, or any closing thoughts in, in summary? I do have a couple of, of closing thoughts. Uh, and, and these thoughts go to the fundamental approach that CMS is taking to manage DME prices. We've seen in all the studies we've done, starting back in, uh, in the beginning of competitive bidding, that CMS consistently fails to link the cost of treatment to the cost of, of that's achieved by reducing the, the price of, of DME. They, they acknowledge that there are treatment costs, but they never link the two. And there's a clear linkage that when you reduce the amount of DME that's provided to beneficiaries who need it, treatment costs soar well in, uh, in excess of the potential savings. We've, we saw it in the first round of competitive bidding, and in each consecutive round or subsequent round, because they were able to reduce prices once, they did it a second time and a third time, and each time the cost of treatment went up even in greater amounts. So the order and the orders of magnitude are, are very significant. I think I mentioned 26 to 66 times the amount of treatment costs for every dollar that, that is taken out of the, the DME product providing channel. Uh, these, these are very significant numbers. And fundamentally, CMS needs to change its vision of DME price management and acknowledge the inherent linkage between DME spending and treatment spending and start to focus on reducing treatment spending and not DME spending. And part of reducing treatment spending is getting the right DME to beneficiaries when they need it. And finally, it's time for CMS to acknowledge that the tools that are available to it for DME price management are no longer effective, they're unreliable, and they're outdated. And rather than continue to try and use those tools in a, in a very, that something that leads to very frustrating outcomes, they need to give some thought to developing a new set of tools. That's it, Alan. In the meantime, I think that uh, bringing the commentary and the study that we've completed to the attention of, of the folks on Capitol Hill who need to know about it is important and we need to stay ahead of the curve here before CMS makes any decisions on how they might go forward. Absolutely, Brian. I really appreciate it. And, and I, quite frankly, I couldn't agree more. Uh, the notion that, uh, that we look at the, the cost of DME without considering the, you know, the, I suppose, downstream impact of uh, denying some portion of the, the beneficiary population, the DME they need uh, is, is just an incredible phenomenon. It's been that way forever, but, but it still uh, continues to amaze me. And, uh, and your point about the effectiveness of the, the tools or lack thereof that CMS has at their disposal, uh, certainly another great point. So appreciate your insights there. Well, now that we've got this excellent study 
associated with OIG's recommendation uh, at our disposal. John, what do you think our members should do with this information? Well, one, thank you, Brian, for an excellent study. Uh, two, uh, to your point, we want to be proactive uh, in how we engage with our members of Congress on this. We don't want to wait for CMS to roll out a project or a program that uh, is ineffectual and using the wrong data. Uh, and so how, how are we going to be proactive? Well, we want to reach out to our members of Congress, and you can utilize many resources, but if you go out to VGM Gov link, uh, you'll be able to uh, re access our information as far as your member of Congress. You only have to put in your zip code. It'll pull up all the contact information. Or better yet, you can simply call the United States Capitol Switchboard 202-224-3121. And that would be, uh, once again, just telling the switchboard operator your zip code or your state if you're trying to get a hold of your senator. And then voice your concern about this OIG study and request the senator and or representative to reach out to CMS with a simple letter requesting what they plan to do. Uh, and are they factoring in, and Brian, I think you did a great job with that, uh, are they factoring in treatment cost versus cuts to DME cost? Uh, simply just cutting DME doesn't help the treatment cost. In fact, Brian, you do a great job of showing billions of dollars that the, this potential uh, program has to impact uh, particularly the wound care patients that are out there. And so if you are a provider and you're doing catheters and you're engaged with wound care, this is important to be able to be once again proactive, reach out to your member of Congress, ask them to contact CMS, HHS, uh, with a simple request. What do they plan to do? And are they looking at treatment costs along with just cutting DME? So Brian, once again, I appreciate all your effort. This is a great study. All right, thanks, John. Thanks again, Brian. Uh, again, I'm Alan, and this has been Industry Matters. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Industry Matters. Make sure you never miss an episode by visiting vgm.com slash industry matters podcast or following Industry Matters on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or Stitcher.